listeners, you're listening to We Finally Watch The Legend of Korra, Book 1, Chapter 5, a podcast where two friends force each other to watch the shows we keep meaning to watch and then talk about them. I'm your first friend, Abra. And I'm the second friend, Anthony. And uh, let's just get right into this. Yeah, so I just want to say my first note in all caps is, Bolin is trying, okay? Like, let's give him a break. He's trying. He is. I will say, Bolin is the one that I lost the least amount of respect for in this episode. This, <laughs> I'll be honest, this episode was, um, I really liked the last one, and then this one just kind of, eh. Yeah, it's a bit of a dumper. Um, yeah. They, they definitely lean heavy into the romance in this one, which is, like, by far, I think, the weakest aspect of the series. Not just Korra, but even, like, Last Airbender. Yeah. Like, I feel like the romantic relationships were meh and you know i'm fine with that because to me i'm not watching avatar to watch romantic relationships right i'm watching it to see cool martial arts fights and interesting storylines so yeah we got this this f***ing love rectangle here and i'm just i'm just not into it's a love flowchart yeah, pretty much. A love trapezoid. Yeah, it's not super great. And thought of this pretty early on, I guess, when Korra is talking with Aang's grandchildren. They, they will become more important in later seasons, and I swear, Iki and the other one. Janora. Janora and Iki. I'm a fake fan because I can't memorize all these names. But yeah, when she's talking with them and then the mother comes in and gives her advice, I just thought, does this pass the Bechdel test? It kind of doesn't. Like, this episode definitely doesn't, but the series so far, I thought maybe, because I think in the first... So, okay, I guess, for listeners, the Bechdel test is a feminist critical theory test. I think I said that right. Where basically you look in a fictional work and try to find a conversation between two women or multiple women that is not about a man. This episode failed that test. There was not a single conversation between only women where they were not talking about a man. I don't think there were any conversations in this entire episode that weren't just about this dumb romance. And yeah, yeah. just... I believe uh, I told you in episode one that this show has a lot more filler than Last Airbender. And welcome to the filler. Yeah, and even like the the sort of B plot with the the pro bending championship thing, it was just like I don't I don't really care about this, you know? Like there there really isn't any substantial stakes to this pro bending tournament. Maybe if Amon had some scheme to do with it, then like yeah, I could see it. I don't know. I just, you know, this this episode is just sports and romance, and those are two things that I could not care less about. That's fair. I, on the other hand, love the sports. I put more pro bending, so much fun. These guys are at the top of their game. This is beautiful. If I could, I, I've said it before and I'll set it again. If I can just watch pro bending for 13 hours, I'll do it. Yeah, the, like, I, I don't know, like, the, the actual fight scene, like, quote-unquote fight scene with the pro bending it was good it was fun to watch it was entertaining but like i don't know it's just like to me there's no stakes so i i find it difficult to really care that much yeah absolutely i think before the stakes might have been you know winning the tournament mako and bolin you know won't be able to afford rent Mm -hmm. 
But now that Mako is dating Asami, that's not really an issue. It kind of gets rid of any of the tension there. Yeah. I agree that there isn't, there's just not much going on with this probating stuff. Yeah, this episode, there just, there isn't much to cling on. Yeah. One thing I do want to bring up here is uh, in that conversation that Korra is having with uh, Tenzin's wife, uh, Pema, she just straight up says that like Tenzin was dating someone else and she just like was like, no, but we're soulmates, Tenzin. And he was like, like, oh, okay. And then just like left his other girlfriend. Like, I'm sorry, what the hell was that? Yeah, I mean, that is the story of how they got together. Um, and that's not the last we'll hear of it either. We get we get a bit more insight uh, in the next couple episodes. Also, I put down something similar. Where I was just like, do any of these people have chill? Because yeah. Cora isn't just like, hey, Mako, I really like you. And I think maybe you and I might have more fun than you and Asami do. She's like, I think we're meant to be together. We're soulmates. But even that's a, just a thing to say and you know part of my potty mouth but this episode just kind of pissed me off a little bit you know sometimes abra you just gotta go get it yeah even though even though bolin was being kind of cringy about his a very obvious crush on cora like i felt really bad for him because she did like there's no way that she is so oblivious that she didn't realize that he has feelings. I mean, he straight up said, oh, let's let's go on a date together. And then she just like basically takes advantage of his feelings to make Mako jealous and also boost her self-confidence. Like, like she could have just said, hey, I'm not interested in you romantically, but I still want to hang out as friends. You know, I, I disagree with you a little bit here because, you know, and I know Mako was like, oh, you're doing this to make me jealous, but I don't think that was her intention. Like, I think even rewatching that scene earlier, I thought, oh, she's genuinely trying to give this Bolin thing a shot. Like, yeah, she doesn't have feelings for him, but she's willing to, like, go on the date and see how it plays out. Like, see if anything develops. Like, it, it seems like she's genuinely giving it a shot. I just don't think it's the kind of thing she's looking for. But, like, totally doesn't give her the right to kiss Mako after, and I just feel so bad for Bolin, even if, again, everybody needs to chill. There is such a thing as let's go on a date and see how it plays out, not let's go on a date because you're my soulmate. Yeah, and it's like, it's like my least favorite trope in media, and I feel like it's starting to be less popular, but just the idea that you can't have a male and female friendship with absolutely no romantic intentions, it's so tired and like heteronormative and just, can't you all just be friends can't you just be buds i agree it's uh it definitely makes relationships like ours awkward where you and i are two mm-hmm. opposite gendered people that are just very platonic friends with each Hell other yeah. you know so watching media like this where pushed it to where like oh if you're friends clearly you want to date each other it, it makes the whole dynamic weird yeah it's not a great trope and i i feel like it is starting to get phased out a little bit but i just wish it would get phased out more i want to talk about tano the like pro bending champion guy yeah oh Oh my god he is really gross you know i kind of dig his whole aesthetic though oh no we completely disagree no i think everything about this guy is gross he's disgusting and i hate him oh boy this is like this is this is a, a our first like real disagreement huh because like I, I think he's super extra okay the, the eyeliner is a little bit too much he looks like a vampire and i love it 
And his voice, like, I'm sorry, but like, his voice is sexy. His eyes are so <laughs> creepy. Oh man, I, I obviously, yeah, he's, oh my God. you know, he's no, very you obviously evil and smarmy and the, creepy. The but like, I don't know, man. I like me some some rats. No, that's that's fair. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I guess I should say I don't knock people who enjoy him. Yes, but I just I think he like everything about him is gross. <laughs> and everyone should send in a voice message telling us whether or not you agree with me or Abra. <laughs> do you prefer, do you like Tano or is he literally yeah. the most disgusting creature in the history of Last Airbender and that includes the face dealer? And you know, if you're, if you are into Ko, the face dealer, send in your comments. You know, send in your comments about that too. You know, we, we embrace monster lovers as, as they say. No judgment. Yes. We, we embrace <laughs> all orientations and genders here at We Finally Watched, including face dealers i do you know on a moral <laughs> level maybe i don't like face dealers but on a conceptual level there's nothing wrong with this, is a, this is a really good episode to talk about right after valentine's day gotta say oh yeah yeah no we definitely missed if we had timed this just a little bit better this episode could have come out on valentine's day yeah if it wasn't for the whole incident where i got stranded at superstore because your car wouldn't open yep i think also if only my car battery would have oh, stopped right. working in negative 35 degrees if only i could just tell my boss sorry it's too cold i don't want to go outside yeah i wish i could uh, use that excuse uh not a not a whole lot of notes on this episode. I do I do love you know they they do it in cartoons a lot, but when they they have a character who's like real sad about something and they mean to show them as getting drunk, but they can't because it's a cartoon. So they have to have like some other thing. So like for Bolin, it was staying up all night and eating binge eating noodles, and like <laughs> they make him just drunk on noodles. I do love that trope. And Pabu, oh chubby Pabu, Pabu. is drunk on noodles. And he's, oh man, Pabu is such a baby boy and I love him. He's like, he's just all passed out in the noodle bowl. Like, oh man, I've had too much. Oh and my gosh, he's just a chubby boy. I've written like in three places in my notes, poor Pabu, frowny face. Like beginning to end, he is there for Bolin when Bolin needs it. And Bolin, you know, I know we said before he's a himbo, but on maybe there's some overlap here, but I think he's definitely a golden retriever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like himbo is like the golden retriever retriever of character archetypes so and you know in the end he does bounce back from it pretty quick like he has his big cry baby moment like M mako is a big dramatic fire baby okay and bolin mm -hmm. is a big dramatic earth baby and that's just how it is yeah the, the one thing that i did notice and i, and I want to point out here is that bolin's self-esteem is positive masculinity like he's proud of himself but he's not arrogant yeah yeah I, right or like he's playfully i arrogant. i do i do appreciate that you know the he he, you know, makes a comment that he's like, I'm gorgeous or something along those lines. It's like, yeah, you are. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gorgeous. You're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah I have so much in common. Yeah. Oh, also after, so Mako and Korra have their first like argument outside where Mako's like, you're only dating Bolin to me off or whatever. Yeah. And then Mako starts walking back inside. There's that like random stranger walking by who's like, hey, Mako. Oh, and <laughs> I, I did I not notice that. that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go have to look at that because that that's pretty good. Hey, Mako. Oh, bad timing. Okay.
Okay, I, I'm gonna have to check that out because that is something that I loved in The Last Airbender were just like the random little background characters, like foaming mouth guy in that one episode. Yeah, just like these random little background characters and events that are just excellent comedy. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually all the notes that I have for this episode, though. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a shorter episode. But we've said that before, and then that one ended up being our longest episode yet. But yeah, I do think there just there isn't much to talk about here. But there is there is a couple things. So Naga being on standby for Korra is really cool. These are both very small things, by the way. The fact that she wasn't expecting to like a, like a fight or anything, but Naga was just literally sitting outside the window waiting for Korra's command. And then in the situation where like Mako is apologizing to Bolin, and Bolin is like, you're the worst person in the world because he's drunk on noodles. I have been both of those brothers before. You know, I've been the older brother like helping my drunk brother feel better about himself, and I have also been the drunk brother that like had to get picked up and dragged away from like a bad breakup nice and so you know hashtag relatable content there i've been neither of those people because i don't have siblings and i don't really get drunk or have breakups Yeah, neither do I anymore. The uh, breakup part, I've never gotten drunk. Fair enough. Oh yeah, I was I was gonna mention um, when you're talking about Naga, I do I do like how Naga was like there and kind of you know as as being backup and stuff. But I still I still don't feel like Naga is like filling the same gap that Appa had. Yeah. I guess she's not as involved in the story just kind of by necessity. You know, they're not going on this grand big adventure, so. They don't really, they're not really using her for transport or anything. I still like her though. Still a very a cute puppy. Absolutely. The animals in the show are definitely not as rounded characters as they were in the previous one. I think like Pabu definitely has a bit more personality, but as the season goes on, Naga pretty much is just a giant dog. She's more of an accessory to Korra <laughs> than she is like a fully fledged character the same way we like Appa grew to be. And like, that's fine. I don't, I don't know why they would have to be the same level, except that, you know, people are obviously going to compare Korra to Aang. Right. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I think that's all we have on the episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll just talk about what elements do we think we are? Do we want to Google a BuzzFeed quiz and take the BuzzFeed quiz on episode? Uh, BuzzFeed quizzes are always pretty fun. So so that this episode was a little bit harder to talk about just because there isn't much content here that Abra and I find much interest in. So we're going to spend the rest of the episode taking which element would you bend in Avatar The Last Airbender on BuzzFeed? Absolutely. And we're going to see for First of all, off the bat, Abra, mm-hmm. uh, what element do you think you are? And what element do you think I am? Uh, okay. I would say, for me, I think I am probably closest to being an earthbender. Okay. You know, I, I like my routine. I consider myself very sturdy. I think earthbender may be waterbender. Um, for you, not really sure. You can be as mean as possible here. <laughs> no, it's like, I, I find it, I mean, I find it hard to kind of make these assessments about people. Maybe a waterbender. A waterbender? Okay. Okay, so I think I am an earthbender. Mm-hmm. I do this m- mostly by body type. Like, I'm just like, my body type screams ah. earthbender. <laughs> Fair. But also, 
I think I'm, I don't want to say simple-minded, but like, I, I think my thought process is very, I think in general, I'm like, my thoughts mm. are pretty blunt. I, I just think my philosophies probably tie more to Earthbender than any of the other elements. For you, though, I think you're definitely an airbender. I think there's really? no way around Interesting. Like, I, I think, you know, you might have your routine and I think you're very like set, but I'm on a spiritual level that might align more with Earthbender. I could totally see you being like an airbender, like bureaucrat and not in a bad way. <laughs> interesting okay there's a character in the kiyoshi novels Mm -hmm. who is kiyoshi's like airbending assistant and he's a character i think in any of the series that i would probably equate to you most interesting Um, i'm not even really sure why but yeah so that's that's my key i think you're gonna get airbender and i'm gonna get earth okay well uh let's let's see how this plays out then okay so are we both on the same buzzfeed slash awesomer slash witch dash element dash wood dash you dash yes and it's got it's straight up giving us some alchemical symbols right off the bat so so choosing a symbol what symbol are you choosing uh i'm going with the moon the like crescent moon yeah i'm gonna go with the one that looks like a fancy number four or alternatively uh 21 with the one being a little bit too big uh yes i have no reason for this i just think it looks cool Mm, which animal companion okay part of me wants to go so the options are goldfish wolverine pangolin lemur buck or dragon and like dragon is the obvious answer here but i've always been affectionate towards lemurs so i'm gonna go with the lemur I'm going to go with the buck. I I like deer. I think deer are cool. I also think pangolins are really cool. I don't even know what a pangolin is. They're like scaly anteaters. They're really cool. And unfortunately, they're like the most poached animal in the world because their scales are supposedly have healing powers according to, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, which they don't. They're just made of keratin. But they're very cool animals. Okay, interesting. I think I'm still going to go with lemur. That's fair. Goldfish is boring. Who picks goldfish? <laughs> who would pick a goldfish? I'm just really harsh today. I'm like, but you're like, who's your animal companion? I'm like, a goldfish. Um, <laughs> Magnus from the Adventure Zone would have something to say about that. What is that a thing? Oh, I haven't. I've like listened to the first season of the Adventure Zone or part of it. I can't even remember. Fair enough. Wolverine is okay. Pangolin, again, I didn't know what it was. Dragon's like the obvious answer, but I, I don't know. There's something about lemurs that are very cute. I think I'd find it very hard to be like affectionate towards a dragon. And Buck? Yeah. I'll be honest, deer scare me a little bit. They are mildly terrifying. I agree with you there, but I, I think they're cool. Yeah, no, they like they definitely are. Okay, so which of these is most likely to send you to the hospital? Falling out of a tree, a severe migraine, Burning yourself while cooking, a really, really bad sunburn, dehydration from getting lost while hiking, frostbite from staying out sledding too long. So I just want to say I, as a person, am way too cautious for falling out of the tree, frostbite, or dehydration. However, as a ginger, a really, really bad sunburn is probably the most likely, so I'm going to have to go with that. See, I I think dehydration, because even though I do try to make sure I have a water bottle with me at all times, I have a tendency to like just get dehydrated anyways. And also I have a really bad sense of direction. So like going hiking is like, a, that's a thing that I would do, but not have enough experience to know totally not to get lost. That's probably my... Okay, this is interesting. So far we have agreed on none of these answers, which is good. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to 
two separate results, hopefully. Okay, who do you think would be the most formidable nemesis? The Lannisters, the Joker, Darth Vader, Sauron, the Daleks, or Voldemort? I mean, okay. So first of all, of all these things, like I've seen the Harry Potter movies and I've seen Lord of the Rings. I am not familiar with the other four that much. Also, like Sauron is like a giant flaming eyeball and the Joker is just like a guy. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but you can't really put those on the same level. I'm going to go with Sauron because that's legitimately terrifying. It's a giant flaming eyeball. Yeah, so of these six options, two of them are people. One of those people, the scariest thing about her is like her political power in her home country, which we do not live in. Yeah. (laughs) The other guy is just a guy who's just really unhinged. Um, You know, Darth Vader, okay, he's like the Jesus Christ of the Star Wars universe or whatever. Voldemort, he couldn't even take over at the high school. Um, The Daleks, uh, I get, like, why they're threatening in the Doctor Who universe. I've seen all of Doctor Who, but, like, they look so goofy. (laughs) They look so stupid. Yeah, they look so stupid. I'm gonna have to go with Sauron. Yeah, as as someone who has not seen Doctor Who, like, it's just like a shiny trap. They're supposed to be the arch rival of the Doctor, like the definition of evil, and like, uh, it just doesn't work for me, and it never has. I've never looked at the Dalek and felt threatened. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, Darth Vader is like a close second. Voldemort is, uh, Voldemort and Darth Vader are tied for a second just because like, Voldemort can kill me with one word. Darth Vader probably would kill me pretty quickly quickly, but Sauron feels like the most, like, omnipotent of these. There was a technical difficulty, and we lost some audio. So just basically the gist of the last five minutes is talking about taylor swift abra is humble i am fun and we both like old taylor swift from the romeo and juliet album whatever the title of that album was i think it was fearless maybe what is your favorite thing about yourself your passion your patience your creativity intelligence generosity or determination i like to think that i'm pretty creative i like that about you yeah i i think i went to school to be a teacher a high school teacher specifically and i like my patience the most i think sometimes i lose it but i do think it, it's something i'm very prideful in myself is my ability to be patient with people and understand them you're a very patient guy what kind of pizza do you prefer easy pepperoni oh not e- don't even have to think about Hawaiian. it. Hawaiian. I am I am strongly pro pineapple on I pizza. I think we're gonna have to stop making this podcast forever, Abra. I'm not sure I feel comfortable having a podcast with you anymore. You've betrayed my trust in a big Come way. Come on, man. If you want your pizza to be authentic Italian, you gotta take off all the tomatoes as well. Like sorry. I'm not but... saying anything about authenticity. It's pure flavor palette. Pineapple is too much. Yeah, exactly. It's too and it much. gives it gives it that that little zing that that, that little bit of tanginess Abra, that, that goes so good with the tomatoes. It's too much. It's too many flavors altogether. Like pineapple by itself is fine. And the texture of pineapple does not go well with the rest of the texture i'd like no like we're this is an insurpassable debate and i say if it's cooked pineapple i say we move on <laughs> because i don't think either of us are winning this conversation true and i think all it's doing is destroying what friendship we have fair enough finally pick one thing you can't live without books friends tv family glory and love hmm i wonder which one is the firebending <laughs> answer uh i'm gonna say friends because family is 
Very good, very important, obviously. But I mean, if you take away your family, you can still make friends and you can still have a found family. And if you take away, like, I, you know, if you were to live without friends, like, would that also include the family members that you are friends with? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll also go with friends. I got Waterbender. Ooh, are you ready for this? I actually really hate this answer. I got the Avatar. Oh, look at you. I'm the main character this whole time. <laughs> we were we were talking as though we were equals, Abra, but it's not true. I'm the main character. You are the protagonist. Which means that pineapple does not belong on pizza. Because as the protagonist, I get to decide that. I, I think I think actually this is like the one thing that you eventually like change your mind on. It's like your one flaw <laughs> is that you can't get over pineapple on pizza and then you try it one day and you're like, huh, you know, this actually ain't so bad. I love that the, the description blurb is it, it's like one sentence of like actually like personality wise and the rest is just just like this is what a waterbender is you get your power from the moon and you can control water mm. and do cool stuff like pulling ice out of the ocean and oh you're gentle and caring by nature and don't like to use your bending to hurt others um excuse uh, me okay we're, yeah uh. <laughs> spoilers um not not even spoilers like in the in the last airbender katara like she f like destroyed things she bloodbended yeah no bloodbending is incredibly destructive like clearly whoever made this buzzfeed quiz is a fake fan not unlike myself okay i've gone through three other times now and changed some of my answers to like fair alternatives and mm -hmm. this is the third time i've gotten the avatar Jeez. so i guess i just am the main character that explains it i like how one of the one of the top comments is like which taylor swift is your favorite if you can manage to choose just one he he i hate taylor what are you 12 Oh, okay. I see this post is from 2015. Okay, good. <laughs> thanks, BuzzFeed. You. Oh, this that was terrible. Well, Abra, thanks for potting with me. And listeners, thanks for listening. If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitter at WFWCast or follow us on Spotify or whatever other podcast app you're currently listening to us on. Remember to send in a voice message if you have something you want us to hear. And one last reminder, check up on your friends. I promise they don't pay you as much as you think they do. See you next time, guys.